Welcome back to another episode of City Life Uncensored. Pretty excited for today's episode. Got a really good friend of mine and uh, we've been working together down here in the South Side quite a while now. I think right, what, two, three, four yeah. years at this point. Yeah. Uh, good friend, Rachel Maga. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Rachel is the president and founder of 10.4 Social, which is a a uh, marketing company that that mostly f- specializes on the on the social platforms. She has social studios where they do the the, f- the self photography and uh, different things of that nature. But mainly, right, the company focuses on the on the socials. And she's worked with us a ton in the past at, on some special projects and different things at City Life. So excited to have you. I know you a little bit here before we dive into things. So uh, start at the beginning. What's the story? Give it to us. So I'd say. As with most moms, all the stories start with when you start having babies and where that journey can take you. Um, so for me, I have two little boys um, and my oldest is nine and he has his own company. He's doing wonderful. We'll talk more about that here in a little and bit. Say we're going to have to get into that. We'll definitely get into that. I got He's questions already. Crushing it crushing it. Um, and then my youngest is eight and he's a huge part of my entrepreneurial journey story because when I was six months pregnant with him, I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods in their marketing and media division, which truly thought that's exactly what I went to school for. This is the company that I want to be with and realized that maybe corporate America wasn't for me very quickly. Um, so me being very, very pregnant, went to my husband and said, I think I'm going to start a social media agency. Sure. No so, idea how, so, so this is, well, I guess this is about eight and a half years ago now, huh? Right. Eight and a half, yeah, so I was 25. Um, and I had no idea what running a social media agency could look like. Are you from like. Pittsburgh? No. So number one, timing is like not right, right? Like you, that's not the time you start any company when you're, have two under two. Um, but so timing wasn't perfect. I'm not from around here. I'm from three and a half hours Northeast. So um, I had no family connections, went to school at Robert Morris. So I maybe knew a couple college friends out this So way. you moved to Pittsburgh when you went to Robert Morris yeah, and then college. stayed here? Yep. Got it. Yep, yep. So, so timing wasn't right. I didn't have the connections. I had zero experience in anything social media um, other than I had a Facebook at the time. Um, and But I knew that the way that I felt at working for any employer that I had up at that point just felt like I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't excited. I dreaded going to work. So when you were, when you were, so Robert Morris grad, I'm assuming obviously marketing was your major. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did three and a half years of nursing school. Oh, really? And then switched into business. Okay. Why did you switch from nursing into business? Short story of it is I was doing home health care for an elderly lady. She passed away, not on my watch, um, but I went to her funeral and the family was consoling me because I, I grow way too attached to people. Okay. The whole relationship side of me that we'll talk more about as well. Um, but it just wasn't, my husband's a police officer. How he can separate life and work is incredible. It's not me at all. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so did you, so, so it was your first job out of Robert Morris at Dick's then? It was Post-Gazette doing inside sales. I okay. told them I should be in outside sales. They didn't agree. Um, so then I got offered the job at Dick's. And got I it. literally okay. threw myself a party. I mean, everybody knew I got that job. I was so excited. And then wonderful company. I still have a lot of friends that are high up there. Um, so nothing bad about Dick's, but um, it just wasn't for me. So okay. that's, that's why I started. So how long were you at Dick's? I was at the Post Gazette and Dex for one year each. So one total, oh, so two total years, corporate America out of college, out of Robert Morris. Till you said I had enough. Yep. While being pregnant with your second child, <laughs> when you have one at, I guess, a one years old at the right. time. Oh, 18, they were eighteen months apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So, but I, I had, I only knew that I wanted to do something I was going to be excited about, mm-hmm. and that's all I needed, and have a supportive husband that, for some reason, was like, all right, let's do this. Um. And. That's that's kind of how it all started. But the the come up story of it is I had to go to a networking event because I signed up for it's not even networking, it was like gala, it was a fancy event. Um and I was talking to this gentleman there. By the way, I just want to stop you there, being that you're in, in sales and marketing, everything is a networking event. When and you everything ask your is wife sales. when she right now if she is ready to go to every that's single a, networking event there. Yeah, she is. doesn't she she refuses to come to anything with me right now. All right. Um, so yes. you just were, was not was not trying to go to that one. That's fair. But went anyway. Trying to go or not trying to go. I guess my point is, you right. s- my point was more around the, you <laughs> said, 
It was a gala, not really a networking event. Uh, my counter to you was, okay, come no, on, we know okay, everything's okay. a networking event because well, everything's an opportunity. This, this goes into Gala's this, right? So yeah. I'm talking to this gentleman, and the t- he came up, and he was, you know, he's like, what do you do? And it's like, I literally, I just signed my LLC. Like, I do social media. Like, I don't even know how to say it yet. Yeah. And um, he's like, oh, he's like, I have a client. Um, I manage their social. I hate it. I want nothing to do with it. Too old for it. Not ready to learn it. Um, he has Twitter right now and all this. And I was like, okay. So can we talk tomorrow? Sure. Calls me the next day. I'm sitting at my dining room table and he goes, so this account that, or this, this person, my client is Jerome Bettis. And I was like, fabulous restaurant down by Hinesfield. I can do a rest. That's a perfect first client. Right. He's like, no, 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 no. Him, like his social media. He was like, you know, we have over 100,000 followers on Twitter. There's this Instagram thing that I think that we need to create. (laughs) Can you do that? And I literally, from that minute on in the call, just said, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, (laughs) I had no other words. So he was like, okay, so can you send me over the, you know, proposal, outline everything? He was like, you know, follow back up with, you know, the agreement, the contract. I literally just kept saying, "Uh uh-huh. And for 72 hours, don't recommend anybody to do this. Did not eat, sleep, drink. I literally Googled my way through that entire Love process. Because I didn't have anybody. Yep. Like, I didn't have my Casey to literally call and be like, Casey, what do I do right now? So I just Googled it. And so from fast forward, I went to the Super Bowl with him. I went to the Hall of Fame induction with him. Sat beside his wife, Tamika. Literally cried again like I was part of their family. And... I, I didn't know this story. This oh, is yeah. awesome. Uh-huh, this is uh-huh. first client. How first client. Yeah. First client ever. How do we go three years and you wait to tell me this <laughs> yeah. on my podcast? You never invited me on before. First, first time, everybody. You're getting, wait, I'm hearing it just like you all. How long? How many years ago was this? Nine years. Yeah. Eight and a half. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, because her son's eight. Mm-hmm. She was. You that's, were still pregnant. I was trying to. So that's right when Bettis retired. Like was liable. Like one of his a little li- bit. Little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 Super, yeah. Super Bowl and die. So five years after he retired, right? Because he'd have been a first ballot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we were, you know, trying to figure trying to figure that whole world out, and we were at the Super Bowl, and we were getting drinks right before Super Bowl. Life is intense. There is a lot of events, parties, radio. I mean, it is constant. I don't know how they keep up. Um, so we were at... Wait, was it Super Bowl time or was it... Super Bowl time. This is Super Bowl, not a hall. I went to the Minnesota Super Bowl with him. He was still playing? No, 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 no. Oh, you just, okay, okay. He was in media, right? Right, right. So why? he was on ESPN so, got it. as yeah. one of the analysts. So he had to do Media Row, had to do all the yeah, appearances, yeah. Cool. still all of that. So we're sitting there and I was talking to Jamal, his business manager. And I was like, Jamal, what were you thinking hiring a girl, a white girl that knows nothing about football to manage Jerome social. What, like you could have put this out and got thousands of people that are way more qualified than me. And he said, I don't remember this. I don't know what I said when that night at the gala, but he said, you talked about who you were and what your core values were when we were talking. And he goes, the only thing I look for and surround Jerome with are good people and help them succeed. He was like, you talked about wanting to, you know, help and build and, you know, but I had no idea who I was talking to, right? So that is, and that's what, you know, anytime I get the opportunity to talk to different groups, that's why I always come back to the core values because Mm -hmm. when you just live out your own DNA and stop trying to say that my core values are this, or I, this is who I am. And if it's not truly you, it's never going to shine through like it truly is you. So that's how, that's how I got Jerome as client number one. We've talked about that in the past, right? It's like, you know, even for me, I, people, I don't believe that I'm a salesman, but people always say you're, you're an accountant, but you're, you're normal and cool and you're really good at sales. And people (laughs) say that because I'm, I just in myself and be true to myself and everything I do. And it comes off that and I'm confident because I don't have to fake or think or try to do anything else, just be right. myself and be confident in that. And obviously Brian will tell you comes off overconfident a lot of times, <laughs> but it, you know, that's, that's true, right? Be true to your core values. And that's, we preach that a ton at City Life. So I love to hear that. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's the come up story. That's client one. So client two was not near as exciting. <laughs> so, so client, so, yeah, say client one's Jerome Bettis, right? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Media row at, at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So that's so you so you're pregnant then, or or is uh, this? No, that's after, that's so you yeah, kind yeah. of progressed yeah. into. No, that, was, that was me giving the baby. So this to is when. So like, good luck. I'm leaving for a week. Which I'm sure was very <laughs> difficult for him because I couldn't imagine Thanks, that. I always I always mess with Kelsey because when we had our first, she was 
she went away to a bunch of it was right at the time when all of our friends were getting married mm -hmm. so she did some bachelorette parties and man was that difficult <laughs> yeah some long weekends you know uh -huh. Uh -huh. very long that's yeah. mom <laughs> that's right, exactly. block your calendar off for the whole weekend we've got some we've got some plans here like, what have you been doing all weekend mm -hmm. it looks like you've been partying all weekend like, oh, man, i'm tired <laughs> so that's when 10-4 was born, right? So basically, Jerome Bettis gave birth to 10-4 social. For sure, hands down. I remind him of it any chance that I can. It was just, again, there was, I, he helped so much. And it, was, it wasn't even just about the name. And I, I guess maybe that's why I don't get, like, the starstruck where I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so excited to meet this person or talk to this person. Because when you boil every, every single, and you both know this, you go into a first-time meeting with somebody that has this big name and you're like, wow, you really are just a normal person. Yeah. Like, you're just out here doing your best, just like mm -hmm. the rest of us. And I think that that was, that kind of helped me to be, to understand that aspect of it. But then from the social side of it, I want to talk about overanalyzing literally everything because any post that I put out could have ended a lot of endorsement deals. So how or, do you think about that? Let's dive into that a little bit, right? I like where you just took this mm -hmm. because obviously social media and what it's become and, and that idea of once it's out there, it's out there for the world to see. And we see all these, you know, John Moran, the NBA star just got caught with his gun a second time. And, you know, what that's doing to him and yeah. what that does. Like, how do you how do you think about that when you're managing Jerome Bettis's account? I think whether you're Jerome Bettis or you're the pizza shop down the road, it's not a plug for my agency, but it's the importance of having somebody look out for you. If you're going to be out there and you're going to be putting out your own content and you're you don't have everything under the magnifying glass that a team that's trained on or at least cares enough to look through is is where things go wrong. When I we did the littlest bit of work for Antonio Brown when I also said that we couldn't continue, but it was it was the <laughs> posting content for yourself and then there was still having somebody to post it for you doesn't work either. Like you have to trust that person and allow that person to put that message out there in the way that best represents you. And that's why it's it's so important to look through it from that. But it's important to not just look at it from a surface level. It's being aware of what's going on behind you, right? So some of the high profile individuals that we work with have spent time in Southside um, and they will send photos and be like, hey, you want to put this out? No, thank you. Like, We'll talk about tomorrow, uh, but it's just to have that, yeah. you know, that counter of what is, what is the point of this right now? Kind you need of a, a filter. Thing. You need a filter. That's it. And you know, you, and I'm guilty of it, right? I have a whole team and I come up with these content ideas. I'm like, Hey, we need, I need, no, I need you here. I need to do this. I need that. And my team's like, we can talk about it. Maybe we'll put in a week or so and kind of see. And then it's like, Oh yeah, I guess, I guess maybe we do need to put a little bit more thought into this first. So even I need it for myself, but so it's, it's the filter of it is, is just so important. How do you go about how do you go about capturing that then real time, right? To your point, maybe it's not sell side where you're being an idiot at a bar drunk and getting that on social media, but when you're at events and you're yeah. and you're doing different things and you know, Brian's at a property tour where we want to get right live, not live footage, but yeah. really, you know, real time footage, but we don't maybe have the ability to have photographers there mm -hmm. and, and, and video guys there, et cetera. Like, how do you go about that piece of it and the complexities that comes with making sure you have that filter when maybe the timing isn't right to have the filter. It's making sure that whoever is going to have that control is is trained to the best of their ability, right? If you're going to have Brian go, Brian's done a little bit on social media. Um, so I, I feel pretty confident he'll know what to do. If you give it to, you know, your contractor team and say, you know, hey, just start posting, they're, they're going to be posting for a different purpose and a different message than what City Life naturally wanted. So it's just kind of having that, knowledge and training um again not a plug for 10-4 but we do have 10-4 skills out 10 um and it's a, a whole online course so it's literally created for that person that you just mentioned of hey i'm gonna have you run our social you're gonna do everything but i also want these three people on my team to be trained from your team to the best that they can in the sense that we have this that we want somebody to run down to now they at least know the do's and don'ts and as an employer you can kind of come back and be like hey like you were certified in this now. You know, you knew that that wasn't how you were supposed to handle that one. So it, it's just that helpful balance. That makes sense. So going back to 10-4 here, right? So Jerome Bettis gives birth to 10-4 social, right? Obviously incredible learning opportunity for you during that time. Mm -hmm. Like, so tell me more about how the company's progressed yeah. along the way and, you know, what, 
what you've learned, maybe some some challenges that yeah. you face along the way, right? Because you've been running essentially a marketing company for eight, nine years. You and I talk offline a lot, right? You've gone through challenges. You've had some ups. You've had some downs. And anybody would in a small business uh, in a small city of Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Right. So what what has the journey of entrepreneurship been like for you over these last eight years? What a good question. Um, I would say the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, right? I mean, there is... There is a strong struggle of mom guilt 24 seven, no matter what. Um, I'm working through that. I'm trying to get better about it. Um, But I mean, there's been planes that I've got on and I am like sobbing because one, I know I don't really need to be going on this trip, right? It's the speaking opportunities that I love and I get excited about, but do I also want to miss a baseball game over it? You know, it's that, it's that constant back and forth. And I love my boys so 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 much um and i know they're not gonna be little forever so that is the hardest part for me is to know what can help grow the business but also know that i only get Cade kissing me through the fence for like six more months and he's gonna be too cool for it um so i'm eating up that time um so that's that is by far of everything and i mean we have had a lot of things that we've gone through like any business owner in that amount of time we've had we've had um a sexual harassment we've had you know break-ins we've had i mean we've had so much happen we've had pr nightmares for clients that again we had no idea how to navigate through through covid and we came out and they ended up being one of our best clients out of it so it's it's a constant knowing and this is the biggest thing and i i I like to think that this is just God helping to guide us all in the right direction. But for me and my experience, and I'm sure you guys can relate, the times where you're like, I'm done with this. There is no way I'm going to keep doing this. The next day, every single time, the biggest opportunity comes, you're like, hmm. Right. It's almost like train yourself <laughs> yes. to say that. Train yourself to say that so that you know the okay. I need an opportunity here. I might as well tell myself I'm done because you know it's coming at that point, Literally, right? Literally, like you know it's coming. Um, so, but that's you know that's the that's why not everybody should be an entrepreneur, right? My husband, he is so wonderful at what he does. He it it's just a totally different mindset. He loves having his paycheck be the exact same every two weeks, no matter what. Um, and he really struggles with mine sometimes non-existent ones from a time or two um but it's it's the it's the highs and lows with it and you just have to embrace it and love it or don't right yeah that's what i was going to ask you right and i think brian probably just goes for the two of you because you know you obviously you have two little ones now and yours are growing up quick but like for me my son just turned two and i have another one on the way so i'm a little bit behind both of you and right, you know, I'm a part of the, the border mastermind and, and travel and yeah. I don't miss those no matter what because yeah. of the opportunity. Right. So for me, for that mindset wise, I know where it's taking me. I know where it's taking city life and everybody that I love and within the city life family. So it's easy. Yeah. Right. But a lot of times some other trips I'm speaking down in Miami next week and like I've you could ask Leandra. Right. I've 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 probably canceled it five times now and then put it back on the schedule. <laughs> right. Because it's so difficult for me to make the decisions of traveling yeah. or not. What are some like tricks you guys use to be able to kind of work through, right? The long nights, right, Brian? You always have those or the traveling that, that, that comes with some of this stuff that you've got. And, and the big difference is when it's a job, when it's just a job, right? You have like, it's easy just to say, hey, my boss is making me go because right. I traveled 60% of my time for nine years, right? Like boss is making me go. I have no choice. Boom, I'm going. Now I get to make the choice as an entrepreneur, but it makes it that much harder. So like, what are the, some tricks you guys use? I mean, the hardest, I don't, I wouldn't call it tricks. Whenever your kids get a little bit older, mm-hmm. it, it makes it easier. Like it, like if I, if my kid, uh, if Bryson or Santa was still two or like just born, like they're not as like, you see them every day. You love them. They, they love you, but they're not communicating the way like Santa knows if I'm going away, she gets sad. Like mm-hmm. we talk and like, she's going to miss me. Mm-hmm. Same with Bryson. So and they have events that you're going to be letting them down for. Like Sienna is, does jujitsu. She has gymnastics. She had a softball game last night. Like she's already super busy. Bryson's in soccer. And he's like, hey, where's dad? Mm-hmm. And like he asked those questions and he's only three. So whenever you know you're leaving that behind, it makes it a little bit tougher. 
when they couldn't speak or <laughs> in that, that changes things a little bit. You know, you're leaving a lot on, on life. So Sabrina always was super supportive and like super awesome. No, I'm going to work late. No, and I'm going to like be there, not mentally fully present, but now whenever the kids start growing up, they, the kids notice it. So you don't want them, you don't want them growing up noticing that their dad was not present all the time. So whenever I take all that into consideration with it, same time as I love opportunity. I do like traveling. I like, I love relationships. I love like building business. I love mm -hmm. like seeing, like going to boardrooms uh, absolutely incredible. The amount of opportunities there and the amount of like creative, like my brain, my brain's been going crazy for two, three days straight yeah. now. I've had a headache for two days now. So <laughs> yeah. And it's so like, I, I, I told Spring, I was like, I can't catch up with all the ideas because <laughs> we still got a lot of shit to do on top of all the stuff we want to add. And I love that though. I mean, that's what keeps me going too. So there has to be some give and take, but whenever your kids start getting a little bit older, I think it does really help. Like it makes the decisions way easier where you still got to prioritize and family's a big priority. I think probably too, that's they probably start to learn that they can see daddy's passion or see mommy's passion and excitement for what that is. Mm -hmm. And so they can relate to that some or start to relate. Hey, you're going to play softball. How exciting is that? Hey, I'm going to, you know, close this business deal. How exciting is this for yeah. me, right? I think I think what you're just saying though, right? Like it's it's all about like work and presence, right? Like when you're there, like I am so bad and I keep saying I put the boys to bed every night. I literally snuggle with them. I know there's a lot of you shouldn't do that every night for as long as I do, but like that is my time with them. I will lay in bed with them until they fall asleep. But when they're really, really close to falling asleep, I thousand percent grab my phone and check emails. Like yep. and nothing is going to happen in those 10 more minutes. And I'm like, I need to just be with them. And then Kate will turn around and be like, mom, put it down. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> so like that, just being present in those times when you can be, just do it, right? Yeah. Don't, no text message needs to go out, right? Like just be there at the games, be there, you know, cause you do see the mom or dad like on his computer at the games. Like don't even, I know everybody's in a different situation, but like be there when you can be there. Uh, I think that's a huge part in it. And two, literally what you were just saying is like, no nine-year-old starts a business on their own without seeing me doing it. He listens to the podcast with me. He he gets on all my like Zoom calls when I'm at the house and he puts in way too much opinion after we hang up. But like, <laughs> I think that's why like they see that and then they get excited and that's thousand percent i'm like all right let's go do something really cool with kids being entrepreneurs now um but like that would never happen if we didn't create that space and that positivity and that excitement around it they wouldn't they wouldn't even know to start to even be thinking about that yeah i think too the other the one big thing that i've been able to to do when i'm on the road now specifically more than i still extremely struggle with the present at home thing right now my kids just starting to talk. And so I'm starting to get better at it. But before I didn't, you know, I wasn't as good. But when I'm on the road, one thing that I've really done is when I'm there, I use my kids and, and my wife for like, if I'm not going to be at home, I'm going to go full out when I'm at this event, right? So I, yeah. like I struggle in certain social settings and networking events. And especially when I'm overloaded with ideas, I want to go comprehend them. But the last few trips, I'm like, look, I'm going from 6 a.m. Well, TJ makes me work out at 5 a.m. So I'm going from 5 a.m. <laughs> till midnight the entire time I'm here and I'm not stopping and I'll rest when I get home. Because again, if I'm going to be away yeah. sacrificing this time, I better maximize the yeah. opportunity to return. So that's been another thing that's really yeah. helped me justify the traveling right. piece, of, the difficulty of the traveling piece, especially with a nine month, you know, pregnant wife and a, a two year old that she's chasing around the house all day. So yeah. I think one thing with it, to add to that is too, and I think with the first year, because I'm still trying to navigate it a little bit, is them actually seeing that that is a part of it. That way it's not so sporadic. Yeah. Where it is like, hey, this is consistent. This is a part of business. Yeah. Like yeah. traveling, doing that is could be a part of business mm -hmm. and it is a good part of business. Instead of leaving them like completely sheltered to it, let them know like, hey, we're gonna be traveling, we'll be traveling in a few months and this is important, this is important for business. Mm -hmm. Talking to them and seeing that they're very understanding too. Like children understand and they adapt very quickly. Again, being present, as long as you are present whenever you are there, yeah. they're gonna respect that, they're gonna love that and it's gonna open up more opportunities for them as well. So right. 
right? And it's exciting when they when they get excited when you come back, right? How to go? Who did you know? What I mean, like when you include them in, you know, it's a little hard conversation. I just right get that. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you are excited to share it with them, instead of being, you know, so and I had to I had to figure this part out too. Is like I would be so sad that I was leaving that it made them more sad. But then when I was excited and like talking to them about what I'm going to be doing and all of yeah. that, like then when I got back, they were excited. You know, I mean, they they're going to feel off your emotion. So. 100%. Sure. Do you have any um, non-negotiables in your world when it comes to this topic specifically of children and family and work, meaning stuff that you were like forbidden? I know a lot of people have different what they call non-negotiables, right? I just saw a buddy of mine, one of his non-negotiables, never miss a birthday no matter what, mm. right? Which I think that's pretty <laughs> obvious, <laughs> right? I'm definitely never going to miss that's a birthday, but yeah. uh-huh. any non-negotiables that you have that you kind of are unique to you or, you know, if not, that's okay. No, too, I mean, mine, is- mine are games, like wrestling matches and games, like the world better be like, it, something has to be happening and it has to be enormous or it has to be really blowing up because I, I am like the sports mom. Like I love cheering for him. I love being there. Um, so I, it has to be pretty ridiculous for me to even consider missing one of those. Love that. What about you, big dogs? I was say, that's a commitment. <laughs> that's a and there's so many Especially having two. Yeah. Only one does sports. I got that lead. <laughs> I would love to say birthdays, but I think our, uh, our daughter actually went away on her first birthday. She was in France. So. <laughs> so I've already missed Can't be birthdays. Happy birthday. It's only been six. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I already missed them. So I think that's already kind of set. <laughs> No, I think the big one is it's the, the presence. Like, I think it's, I'm never going to, it promises. If I ever make a promise to mm-hmm. a kid, mm-hmm. like one of my kids, I'm always going to keep it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. I think birthdays and stuff, stuff's going to come up at some point. Sure. Like, it, so I don't want to say that's a non-negotiable, but yeah. I think a promise. Do what you say you're going to do. hundred percent. Right. Which yeah. I think is like the, the one trip that I was not well on um, was my Texas trip. And um, so Bryce was having like a, a sh- arts and craft show for better lack of better words but you know when you get like all the different vendors and he had his table set and it was so simple we had it perfectly set up my mom was there eric's mom was there there was i literally wasn't even needed there and one of the one of my friends took a picture of him at his table and sent it to me and it rocked my world i'm like oh my god i am not there when like we all knew i wasn't going to be there the whole time but it's just that like seeing it i was not well afterwards so now that we're on the topic, right? Like let's let's dive in a little bit into because I do find kidspreneurs fascinating. As a matter of fact, I had a, a migraine last night, so Shark Tank was on my TV because I couldn't move out of bed, so I needed to watch something. So it was Shark Tank, and there was a kid entrepreneur on there, mm-hmm. and I literally almost started crying. I was so proud <laughs> of this this child for his Shark Tank presentation, right? So you have a nine year old yeah. that's uh, heavy into business. Yeah. I see it on social and mm-hmm. you know, it's rocking and we talked about it several times. So give yeah. us more. What's this about? So, um, again, two boys, right? So you think you're going to have two boys, 18 months apart, they're going to be the exact same human, right? They're going to be into the same things or it's going to be, it's going to be simple, right? No, 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 no. They could not be more different. Like Cade is so competitive and athletic and driven and Bryce is he would be in this Sorry, room. Cade's the, Cade's the youngest. The youngest. Yeah, Bryce, yeah. Is Bryce the, the nine-year-old's nine, one with the business. Nine, nine-year-old. Yeah. But like Bryce would be like messing with all the controllers and he would be reformatting all of your cameras right now. Like he is such a tech interested, why does this do this kind of a kid. So his teacher reached out to me last summer and she was like, you should really look into some STEM programs because he does no sports. Like we've tried. And he like laughs at us. He's like, no. Um, and so she was like, you should look into some of these summer camps, lifelong entrepreneur, yep. missed all those dates um, to sign them up <laughs> because they fill up very quickly if you didn't know that. Um, and so I was like, well, there goes that. And so she was like, you know, try to do something like hands-on with them. Like, all right, sure. So Started looking into, there was a laser engraver. It was like a desktop version. Um, it was like $1,300. I was like, no, we're not doing that. Um, and so kept looking into more social media ads, right? They will get you. Mm-hmm. So instead, I started getting all the commercial grade laser engravers. Okay. So um, started getting looking into those. The one that he has is now 1,600 pounds. It's 8 feet by 5 feet by 5 feet. It is, he has a full shop in our basement 
and he does all custom wood, metal, glass, engraving, cutting. He does massive signs um, for different companies, all out of acrylic. Uh, but his big go-to that he's become really, really passionate about are these, they're three foot long um, American flags. And then you can put like on the right side of it, like a sports or like a, a message, an inspirational quote in it, something like that. So he's been doing a lot of those. He gets so excited about the programming side of it because I don't know if you're all familiar with programs like this, but it's like this layer is the cut layer, this layer is the engraved layer, this layer. So it, yep. it's a lot. It is a lot to understand. Um, hmm. And that's kind of what. So he's got into it. Um not gonna lie, it's a lot of work on on the whole family. Yeah. So what's <laughs> so what's that look like? What's the workload look like for him uh, and for yeah, mom and dad? His, right, his staff's right. pretty cheap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got no, free staff, we're, free mm -hmm, office, mm -hmm. free free shop space. Trust me, we remind him. <laughs> yeah, of this. man, I'd be charging um, rent for that garage. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna teach him the business, mm -hmm. you gotta yeah. teach him. Oh, we are. Don't you expenses. worry. Um. So it's he. I know an accountant. <laughs> Um, so he does, he does all the programming. The only thing that he doesn't do is the like spray paint in the house. Okay. Obvious reasons. I kind of like my basement. Um, so like things like that, Eric and I help Eric helps with the, you know, the gluing, the nailing, but the machine literally does everything. Like you just take the material, put it in, program everything on the Mac and hit start. And it does all of it in the machine. Um, so you're not, you don't need saws, you don't have anything, you know, anything of, of that sort. Um, so, but I'll kind of say how it, how his co-op story, um, little stinker posted a Instagram reel that he was making Christmas ornaments and got 250 orders of Christmas ornaments in two weeks. It's awesome. Put mommy to work. <laughs> Put mommy awesome. to work. Uh, it was awesome though, right? So like, again, power of social. And it's it's the whole, you know, kidpreneur. That's what he calls himself. He's like, I'm a kidpreneur. Um, and he, he loves it so much, but it's the mom world again of like the balance of like how much pressure do you put on how much yeah. do you really expect of them how much do you pick up right so it's 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 we're learning this as we go um and it's just been fun so that's awesome what's yeah. the answer to that um, it's a great question. I'll, I'll, it's like, I we get all these orders. I mean, should we double? Mm -hmm. it oh no! Oh no! There, we, every order Triple? goes out um, yeah. for certain. Um, I'm not proud to say this. I have slept beside the machine maybe more nights than one. Um, literally just hitting start and then going back and hitting start again for him. Um, but it's it's just you know trying to crunch. He did a ton for Mother's Day. It's his last kind of project. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but Mother's Day, he did. 130 cutting boards so it's really really cool because the the people were taking photos of their mom's recipes and just taking their iphones taking a picture of it that. then he takes the picture he traces it on his ipad in the mom's handwriting and then engraves the recipe on the cutting board in the mom's handwriting. Oh, that's, that's cool. Sick. So yeah. it's super, super, super cool, which again is why like he got a lot of orders. Um, but that like he just gets so excited. And then the videos and the messages and the notes that he gets back from people, he gets yeah, it's so probably incredible. You make sure you should about. save all that that way you have it right. oh, up. For sure. So do we do we have a lifetime sales number that, you, that we're <laughs> do we know what that is? No. Um <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Does any of that surprise you? Um no we're He's, he's been doing good with it. Yeah. He's been doing good That's with fun. it. That's fun. That's super cool. I'm All a super, I literally, I mean, I don't ever want to wish a minute away from with, with my son and soon to be second son, right? But like, I'm so excited to be able to, you, you guys know me well enough, both of you. It's probably <laughs> going to be like five years old where I'm going to be making them like analyze my deals. <laughs> like he's going to be doing the underwriting for us at five years old. Hopefully I'm so excited oh, for that. I don't no even know idea. if I want to put this on her because of some of the... <laughs> Neighbors live on my street. They <laughs> friends with them, but we have a corner lot in a neighborhood filled with kids and walkers. I was like, Sienna has to set up something right there on a corner, whether right. like selling watermelon, watermelon slices, mm -hmm. not lemonade, something else different <laughs> every day. Yeah, that's summer. the that's the creativeness uh -huh. of Brian. We're not going to sell lemonade uh -huh. because uh -huh. lemonade's too basic. Mm -hmm. And I know anytime I drive by one of those stands in a neighborhood, always just hand somebody. I don't even want the fruit right. or the drink. Yep. I always yep. just hand somebody mm -hmm. 10, 20 bucks. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do too. Oh, like, I she's she's starting to like show interest in learning about like money, saving right. money and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, 
I would love it. But how do you, how do you put, like suggest that or push that? And after they do it once, it's like, ah, oh, do we do it every day? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, Trust me, I'll be pushing it. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh-huh. Me naturally, I'm like, well, I mean, this made a hundred bucks. You right. might want to do that tomorrow and a different product and just do it all. Take the time. them to the toy store and say, daddy has no money today. You got to go make your own. Yeah. Like they'll figure out how to do it pretty <laughs> quick. Then. So yeah. that's why I'm excited to navigate those. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And again, it, it all goes back to like whether you're, you know, whatever age you are in business or however long you've been in business, you're still figuring it out day by day, you know? So no matter what your age is, whether you're nine or whether you're, you know, in your late 60s, you're still learning every day. You're still adjusting. And I think that that's kind of been the reality check for me of like of seeing it through Bryce's eyes of I just keep telling them if it's a job you don't know, go research it, go figure it out. You might mess it up 16 times, but 17 will get shipped to their house. Um, what, what, so what's your what's your take here on, you know, let's let's do a little hot take here. Hot take, hot take. <laughs> Just made that segment up, but we're going to do it right now New on segment. our live version of our podcast. <laughs> uh, um, right, so the idea of children on social. So you oh, run a social like media company. Mm-hmm. You have a child that's now an entrepreneur. And obviously the two have to collide or otherwise you're not going to have any sales, right? So there's that mix of things right but then there's the entire world of you know people have different opinions on if children should just be on social media in general themselves or should we be posting pictures of our kids what's that look like like what is your take on the world of children and social media however you want to take it so i'm going to answer in two ways one personally because that's a shorter answer and then two um other opportunities so one for bryce my so i've managed young young singer songwriters that mom and dad are like they're gonna make it they i've heard they're the next taylor swift we're gonna pay you to manage their social Uh, they're going to make it um so we learned a lot through that process um i would say you don't hire hopefully this wine isn't watching or no longer client (laughs) um you don't hire an agency to shout out client we're gonna say your name in a second here like you if you're going to back to being authentic and like being who you truly are. You don't hire an agency to run a nine year old's Instagram period. So we went down that road we learned, but for Bryce, it says on there managed by mom and it has to. So there's a lot of things that the social accounts, the different platforms monitor all of that. Right. So he could never, if, if it said that he would get shut down. He, his TikTok got shut down like 16 times already. And then finally, you're not, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to because it's too young. What's so, the age? Um, it fluctuates. I, I do know it's, sense. it's, you're not, a, it's in every other country, but America, it's 13, no rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, all, yeah, I don't know what I'm looking for here, guys, but <laughs> right. 13 to be on there in every other country. I just mm-hmm. saw the CEO of TikTok, when the founder t- of TikTok yeah, say that. Teenager. As soon as you're a teenager, yeah. you're, you're, I don't know. It's different here, I guess, yeah. but it changes a lot. Right. So, I mean, think of, not, not going to be on that road. There's a lot of things on social media that shouldn't be on social media. There's some kids that have massive opportunities and they still get shut down, right? So it's like these platforms are still trying to figure that whole world out. But so from a parent perspective, I'm all for Bryce being on it. I'm all for, I read all the messages. He does not. So like if you see somebody asking for anything or anything, again, life of being married to a police officer, right? So we're really aware of what messages are coming in. Do we know these people? Do we not know these people? His account's not private. His account is public. And there are a lot of moms that would not be okay with that um, for. But for me, he is building an audience and he's going to keep doing this. So we want people, we've had people in other states buy from him. Like we want that opportunity. Um, and we, he, we want him to be able to inspire other people and other kids to do it if they want to. So yeah. that is strictly a my opinion and my opinion only perspective. From a professional perspective, I talk to a lot of high schools, colleges um, on how to lose a college scholarship in sports before you get one. So you are obviously a sophomore, junior, you have all these plans to go play for this college team or, you know, get drafted and you're an idiot on social. And I've seen it happen because I've now am very close with a lot of different recruiters through this process of what one silly, silly tweet can screw up. A lifetime Mm -hmm. of you shooting hoops and you just let it all go. So I get, I love, love, love those conversations. I love, and I split it. I put, I invite the moms, the dads, family, siblings, whoever wants to come. I put all of them on one side and I put all the athletes on the other side of the room. And we, at the end, all have one conversation together 
But what I've learned through that process is the parents quite literally don't know how to have the conversation with their kid yep. on what they're putting on social, what they should like, because the parents aren't educated enough to even know what Snapchat is or what, you know, some of these other platforms are. So all they know is it's really, really bad. Yeah. Right. But the flip of it is all these NIL deals and being seen. I mean, think of us and when, when we were kids, we could never get seen like you can be seen now from a mm -hmm. sports perspective. So now what we've done is we have partnered up with Rawlings and we're doing some really cool campaigns with them to help them to go find young athletes and help to give them really, really amazing knowledge on how to handle themselves on social while also getting some pretty sick bats and gloves along the way. Um, but it's not to, to the parents. There's so much more value in this company invested in educating my kid on how to be on social versus just saying, Hey, here's a bat, you know, do a post of you swinging it and saying that it's the best bat out there. Yeah. So it's really cool to kind of see how different brands are approaching this differently. All still, conversation and your question though of it's still a kid yeah. right and kind of and balancing that let me take this question one other way for you too right along those lines you know when you think about social when you think about the complexity of it or the risk of it and what it does to the mental psyche of the millions and millions of folks that look at it you know for six to eight hours a day right i think on average it's six to eight hours a day that the average american is now spending on social media mm -hmm. So six to eight hours, we're, con we're constantly being consumed by whatever it is that someone else is putting in front of our face through algorithms, through other thing, right? 90% or I don't know, insane amount of percentage of that is geared toward the greatest, you know, idea, the trip that we went on, the vacation, the happy sun, the golf course, all positive, amazing things, right? And so there's a tendency that this could create a depression because, that's not my life. And I want to live that life, right? All these influence out there, they're always at the beach, they're in the ocean, they're on a sick yacht, like that's all we're seeing every day. And so how do you, you know, what's your take on that idea of how that can influence, which is its goal, but like create depression, because yeah. look, you know, the average American is hanging out in a podcast room and sell side and not on a yacht in, you know, Belize, yeah. right? Yeah. So how, do, how does that? What do you what's your take on that? Couple of different views on it. One, I think it is becoming more um, based off your age, how you're viewing social platforms. So what I mean by that is I think our age, I think we did a really shitty job of doing exactly that. I'm guilty of it. Rachel just throw out the S-bomb. Every single job, Dang. I think that we, like we, we do, like we are constantly showing that highlight. When you look at kids that are under the age of 16, it's true it's who they really are. So like they're they're now so accustomed to social that it's not just this, here's only the good things. It's I had a really tough day at school today. And they're they're actually putting it out there and they're having conversations around it. And cyberbullying is a real thing. I'm not going to say that it's not, and that is a huge part when I get to have the opportunity to talk with these students of when you see it, how to step in and how to reach out to that person and not add fuel to the fire. So there's there's your you the authenticity and transparency if we all can be better about that on social that's going to help to change that dialogue and i i noticed for me personally like when i put out like a message of like getting an award and not talking at all about the award and talking about the mess of my life that was i was in when i received that award so many more people connected to the you see this beautiful magazine, but in reality, like I am really struggling over here. Mm -hmm. So if we all can be a little bit more into being more authentic, the ages under us are going to see that and support that. And a lot of influencers are doing that now. And that's the, that's the ones that you have to get to because if they're more honest, the people who are following them naturally become more honest. Why do we want followers, right? Why, why does that matter so much? It's a funny question because I'm. That's something I. Besides attention and feeling good, right? I mean, which is again, it can create bigger depression at the end of the day, in my opinion. So, what do we really want this for? I don't know. I'm 
you want to can answer that question, but I do find it really funny <laughs> that the boys, when yeah. Bryce puts videos up, that is the very first thing. Like, how many views did we get? I'm like, ew, stop. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. Like, it literally does not matter. But it is, they are big YouTube shorts. I don't know how your kids, if they're in YouTube shorts is yeah. way bigger than any other social platform for these kids. Um, but it's all, it is. I don't, there's no, I don't know the answer. So how do you, how do you manage your time on social, right? So you run a, you run a social media marketing mm -hmm. company. And so therefore you're, every client's, it's all about social in your world. You have your own. You're on it, right? Like that idea of your time and commitment to social, the idea of getting depression, this whole world of social, how do you navigate that on a personal level for yourself? When it comes to your business, it comes to you, it comes to all of that and not spending 18 hours a day staring at Instagram reels. Really? Um, so I do, I just spend that much time staring at those social platforms. I don't put content out for myself though. Um, and I, and neither, neither is our agency. We do the worst job of for ourselves. Um, and because by the time you put all of your energy into all of your clients, the last thing you want to do is go do your own. Um, and we all need to be better about it. When I was planning for the presentation later today, I was like, what's a good example I can use? I'm like, well, that's embarrassing. I literally haven't had a good example in the last 18 months. So it's, it's just, you know, you, we all, I know I want to be better about it. Um, stay tuned. There's going to be a challenge coming out here for all of you um, that we're going to all kind of try to do this all at the same time to help to support one another and start putting out content when it is all you do all day and you're consuming, but then still creating. Give me an, one of the most PG 13, of course, right? Cause I'm sure your sons will listen to the, to the podcast, but uh, yeah. any embarrassing, crazy, crazy stories and, Eight years of social media has got to be some, and you, you mentioned it awesome. earlier, right? The Some uh, fires you had to put out for some clients before, right? What's the, any crazy embarrassing stories you could share? It's a great question. It's got to have one. Brian, what's yours first? <laughs> In eight years? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't get embarrassed that easy. Like, I'm like crazy <laughs> embarrassed. I mean, I've done some embarrassing shit. I can't think of it. I would say for, for me, it is. Come on, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here. Um, I, we have to come back to it. Okay. Cut. This is come it. Come back to. This is it. <laughs> what would you say is the largest challenge you faced in largest the last eight challenge? years as a company? Okay. So that can, that can play into the, you know, craziest. Um, the biggest challenge we have faced is. I, the only reason why I created the agency is for people to truly love where they come to work. And there was a period of time within 10-4 that it was an unsafe working environment um, for our employees. And I didn't okay. know. I was very in the dark too. Um, I was the only one that was married. So I wasn't experiencing what a lot of them were experiencing um, until an employee came with a handwritten, very detailed note um, of what was going on. So that is that was what rocked my world the most and everything is that you create this place that you think that everything is good but if you're not aware of it and if you don't know what's going on you are so taken back and the mother in you hurts to your core when they're being sexually harassed both verbally and physically and things that are happening within your office that you have no idea. That was by far the most embarrassing for me as a adult yeah. um, and trying to, you know, overcome that, which is now why we, you know, we, and I do better of asking, right. It's not their fault. They shouldn't have had to come and tell me I should have, you know, created the space of starting a conversation, but I just, Again, yeah, I mean, look, how would you know, right? Old, you yeah. Don't, yeah, you don't even know that that's a thing, and you put so much trust in people, and that. So, from when I started the agency, I've two of you know this. Um, have always looked for a business partner because I I've always felt this. <coughs> I need somebody to to help me and to mentor me and to put me in into bring their their knowledge to me, and those are the ones that have rocked things so horribly that they did more good or did more bad than good. Um, and that's where, that's where I, I've learned a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love that. Right. I think 
we talk about all the time and, and partnerships comes up often in real estate because in order to scale, a lot of times you need partnerships. And, you know, we talk about Brian and I hitting the jackpot, which has allowed us to take city life to where we have so quickly. Right. And even that along the line, like along the way, Brian and I have made partnerships that quickly didn't work. And, you know, I think what we're both probably learning a lot is you, you, you should take a step back and not jump into certain partnerships okay. as, as quickly as possible. Yeah. It's the same reason people don't get married after two yeah. months. We've got to really get to know each other. And yeah. I think that's, it's, it's a learning experience For along sure. the way. There's, there's no way really to learn and understand what you're getting yourself into until you do that and learn from it. Right. We just don't know what we don't know. So I appreciate you getting, yeah. getting vulnerable there for us. You know, before we start to wrap this thing up, I, I've, I've got to ask, right. I mean, you're the, the social, you run a social media agency. You've done it for eight years. Right. And Brian, I want you to agree or disagree because, you know, you have your opinions on social as well. So I want to just, you know, maybe ask you kind of, you know, don't have to be three, but like yeah. top three. Right. What are the top three do's and don'ts or top three best advice or whatever we could do here really to kind of add a little bit of um, right value to the audience as right. far as what maybe they should or shouldn't be doing a top trend, maybe the right platforms, however you want to take yeah. this. But just some maybe give me three yeah. really good pieces of advice for the audience that we can kind of take away from this as it relates to social media. And Brian, feel free to tell her they're all wrong and give your mm -hmm. own if you want. Number one is find content that you enjoy creating. If you are going to get in front of the camera and you don't want to do it, don't talk, don't find something that you're excited to share and don't force it. Because the second you're forcing it, everybody is very much aware that you don't want to be doing it just as much as they don't want to then watch it. So it's finding what you get excited to share and put out and just create content around that. Don't try to be the Gary Vee. Don't try to be Grant Cardone. Try to be you and try to help to share your viewpoint and stop thinking that your views have to be the same as A, B, C, and D. So I think that's my number one. What's your number one? I would say, number one, it's going, even if you're uncomfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. So that would, I would actually challenge that just a tad. Mm -hmm. Because even if you're on, like if you're uncomfortable doing videos, if you're uncomfortable doing certain aspects of it, you're yeah. probably uncomfortable when this, I'm extroverted, mm -hmm. so <laughs> I, like I don't, yeah, I don't want, I'm never going to be fully comfortable doing social media, yeah. but I, why am I doing it? Yeah. I want to create opportunities right. more than right. like I can, I couldn't see past it. Mm -hmm. Now hiring somebody though, to help you mm -hmm. do that, mm -hmm. post for you, mm -hmm. uh, help you create videos, help for you sure. create content and push you to do that. I would recommend if, if you're very uncomfortable doing it, definitely For hire sure. somebody if it doesn't come natural. Right. But even just even like think of it just as like talking to a friend, right? The yeah. things that you're so comfortable talking about, talk about those things, right? Don't try to Next. interject this, you know, what do you think is going on with, you know, AI now? Like you don't yeah. care. So don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> so like it's, that's the biggest thing is like so many people find these like trendy words and they're like trying to work it into their social. Like, just yep. talk about the things you're excited to talk about. Yep. Um, and that's a big, that's part of, you know, what, what I'm trying to preach right now is just enjoy social, enjoy the process and don't try to be forceful. So my number two, I would say is, um, don't burn yourself out. So back to the, you know, doing my own, um, so much on TikToks can tell you post three to five times a day, period. You post as much as you can post. If you can get there, by all means, crush it and own it and be super excited. Don't just do it because everybody says this is the amount of times you need to post. You need to post the amount of times you have good content. Yep. Don't just try to keep checking that box all day because you're not doing anybody good. What's your number two? Look at her putting you on a spot. No, hold on. I was like, hold on. I don't have a number two. No, I guess to what you said, number one is don't bullshit. That's it. Like if yeah. you're being authentic, just be authentic. Talk about shit you know about. Yeah. Like if you're if you're forcing stuff all the time, mm -hmm. you're going to be uncomfortable doing it, and it's going to come off like you said, and it's going For to come sure. off that way. Yeah. I would say, you still have to know who your audience is and why. Like why three. are you doing it? Like yeah. that's your number three. Well, it was, but you can have it. <laughs> like if Facebook and know your age. Like if your age yeah. and your demographic. Like what is the demographic? What is your industry's yep. demographic? Know that and stick to that platform there's too many platforms like mm -hmm. i i have yeah. never created a tiktok because i don't know the platform and there's there's enough with instagram and facebook and a lot of our demographic yeah. is yeah i think you're sellers. on tiktok now am i am i on tiktok 
<laughs> or coming that? soon, I think. <laughs> Might be on TikTok. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't try it. There's so much to consume out yeah. there and learn. No, I, I think. By, by the way, I, I think the important part to, the point part to note there, right? We're back to the level where we have some teams now helping us. And to your point, you don't know the platform. You're not on the platform. But if there's a reason and a, a why we should be on there and you need to be on there educating people in the TikTok space, then maybe that's the reason why the team is putting that on there. That's important. Not Brian wasting his time, right. energy, trying to learn a new platform, trying to think of the content he's right. going to put out there, those things right. to, to exactly that point. Yeah. yeah. Repurpose all day. Um, to, so that was my number three. So I'll kind of elaborate off of that. Not only knowing like the demographics of that as well, but also just pick one thing that you want to own. I'm going to be the best mom entrepreneur in the social media space. Like pick one small area and dominate it and you will keep building off of that versus just saying, I'm going to go out there and, you know, start preaching that about all things social to anybody that's going to listen to me. Yep the way that I talk to you and the way that I talk to my team is going to be so completely different. So you need to know the customer avatar and just create content for them instead of trying to be a one size fits all. Makes sense. What's the biggest worry you have right now about social media? I, I am way too positive of a human. And this is what, like when I talk with a lot of these students, I, I know I need to have a little bit more of the, the fears and the concerns and the things that are coming. I don't allow myself to think of the biggest concern or fear because I have zero control over it. And I think there's far too many people who are in the social space that are so obsessive with the algorithm. The algorithm is going to change whether or not I study it all day, every day. If I just put out really good content for our accounts, they're going to still perform. So I get excited more so than I get the the concern and fearful. I get excited when a brand new platform was out. TikTok came out, I was all over it. Everybody's like, everybody's just dancing. I'm like, this is genius. Um, but you know, so I get I get way too excited about it versus the the concerns of it. Where um, you know, where do you see yourself going in the next five years, right? Obviously, yeah. who knows where social will be in general, yeah. but you yourself, your business, where's yeah. it going? For, for me personally, um, I what really fulfills me is helping to inspire and educate and continue to help others. So the the teaching side of it the, um, is, is really important to me. So whether that is me teaching at universities, which has been put on the table, but I don't, I kind of refuse to go back for my master's. Um, there's a little bit of me that's very against that. Um, but I, I want to find any platform that I can to help to educate and help people just start. So when I have the opportunity to talk to a room of, you know, new entrepreneurs, that is just just starting, like my story hits home so much to them, right? Because it's literally not having any background or knowledge or anything and literally just starting. So I want to help to encourage people just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I can help and spread that message, that's where I hope to be in three to five years. Oh yeah. I love that more than anything. Right. Because city life's core value. Number one is let's go, like, just go do it. That's right? right. The only thing stop, nothing is hard. It's just, we actually heard a presentation. Nothing's actually hard. It's just harder than we want it to be. Yeah. And therefore we don't do it. But if we just do it, it's no longer hard because we're doing it. Yeah. Right. Thousand Best advice you can give to everybody listening right now. That was just start. <laughs> um, so I would say best advice is make a list of five things that you're incredibly passionate about and go do something really cool with it. If it's starting a business, if it's a hobby, if it's literally just, you know, if you love being an artist and you just start sharing with people how to, how to start painting, I would love to, I'm terrible. But like, if I just had like the, somebody kind of helped me through the process, I think that there's so much with that. I know you said we're wrapping up, but you did say about the, you know, the challenges and the, the fear of, and the negativity kind of from the, from the social aspect for the kids playing into that, the knowledge that they're gaining far exceeds the negativity. My grandpa like read books 24 seven. I never got to meet him, but my dad tells me. Um, and he just soaked up as much knowledge as possible. And my dad says daily, 
probably too many times. If he would have had YouTube, he would have been the smartest man in the entire Like mm-hmm. he was yeah. so obsessive with learning. We are far more privileged and have way more opportunity. So that's why it's so hard for me to constantly see the negatives of social for for students and for youth because they are in a really, really stinking good place from that. I love that so much, right? I, I, I say this literally all of the time about people don't realize the value of the education they're getting. And everybody worries so much about the extra dollar. You talk about in wholesale, the extra thousand dollars or two thousand dollars in a deal. It's so short-sighted to be able to work with people over the last, you know, for myself, I spent 10 years in public accounting and I hated it every day, but I spent 10 years and the value that I got was the education that I got. And I never knew what I was working toward, but look where I'm at now. It took me a short four years to get here, but it didn't take me a short four years. It took me a long 14 years because just because I didn't have my own business, just because I wasn't in real estate doesn't mean that massive education I was getting working for somebody else in a miserable position. I was making the millions and millions of dollars that city life is bringing in now at that job, getting that education so that I could come here and be able to have a podcast and right. bring you on it and get right. the education that you're giving us. So I couldn't agree with that more. I love that. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Where do we find you? On social media that I post you from time to time. Um, on Instagram, particularly Rachel What's, Maga. Rachel, right? That's it. That's it. At Rachel Maga. Yeah. Yep. On Instagram, Instagram's uh, a go-to. Trump blew up my last name. So ten four social. <laughs> ten four social. Ten four social. Yeah. What about a plug for the uh, young entrepreneur? Oh, so Bryce's Instagram. Yes, great. Maga M A G A dot made M A D E dot designs. Maga dot made dot designs to get your latest. Uh, all your personalized, latest personalized, personalized custom uh, art gifts. <laughs> Find Rachel on social, 104social.com, I'm assuming. If you're looking for uh, some help in your social media world sure. to get that kicked off, to get that running, these guys are absolutely fantastic yeah. at it. We've worked with them many times in the past on special projects and different things. So uh, if you're in the market, give these guys a shout. I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Thank you. Always good to talk to you. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank Thanks. you.